We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Apologies for the delay there. What is up? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Coming to you live after the Chargers victory against the Las Vegas Raiders 24-19. to Cannot wait to talk about all of that with my guys, Tyler and Alex, as well as Arjun. We got the uh, quad box going again. Had to do the podcast in a big way after the Chargers showed up and got a huge victory today. So, uh, Arjun, man, we'll start with you. How are you doing tonight? I'm... I'm doing amazing. I think this could have <laughs> this this is a great first NFL Sunday for me. A lot of things went right. <laughs> it um, really wasn't my, yeah. also, I, I mean I think I think I deserve a little bit of a victory lap. You know, my my Bengals and, and Joe Burrow uh you could say slander has what was a little bit justified. And you know, not only did they not cover six and a half, they lost outright against the Steelers who trotted out a NCAA offense. Um <laughs> and and so it was it was amazing right and and obviously you know chargers winning that was that was really fun to watch but a pretty good day all around for me um just watching football yeah there are a few uh better outcomes on a sunday than joe burrow really struggled Derek carr really struggled justin herbert was awesome and the chargers won so uh love to uh see all of that alex is here as well man uh big day for you and your propaganda as well i'm sure we'll get into uh mr deandre carter throughout the rest of this show we got victory pink going on what's up man how you doing 
Uh, I'm doing good. I thought that uh, I saw that Arjun tweet this morning where he was like, oh, I really, you know, changed my ways on the Bengals. I'm like, you can't hide this <laughs> obvious reverse jinx attempt. And then, of course, uh, the Steelers end up taking the W there in the final second. So I was excited for Arjun on that one, even though it's Pittsburgh. But uh, great Sunday all around. The Chargers get the victory. DeAndre Carter's 1-0 and Josh McDaniels is 0-1. And that's all that matters. Yeah, we got uh, so much agenda covered today. Uh, it was just fantastic to see. Uh, Tyler, man, you, uh, of course, were the only one of us that was at the game. I hope that your uh, sister had a good birthday, hopefully was uh, converted to Chargers fandom. But how are you doing, man? I'm doing fan-freaking-tastic. And yes, <laughs> happy birthday to my sister, Becca, who doesn't watch the show. But if you ever see it or hear it, happy <laughs> birthday. She had a great time. Thank you to all the Chargers fans who were more than willing to give her alcohol so she had a very very <laughs> nice time on her 22nd birthday and yeah man got to witness some history chargers raiders for the first time in week one and it was a win so that felt pretty good yeah man it was a fantastic event of course uh have to ask you about the environment it felt pretty neutral ish on tv but uh what was your what was your I sense could, in the stadium I, I could not believe it so I mean, I've been there since 2010, not at SoFi, mm -hmm. but at Chargers Raiders games and the home games. And that's the best I've seen for a Chargers turnout in a while. Now, it was still Raiders majority. Don't get me wrong. And the Raiders being the same sort of team and fan base. <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going to go. <laughs> um, you know, they have like their chance. They know what they're doing. Chargers, we haven't really reestablished our identity here in L.A. We don't have the San Diego Super Chargers song. So. The Raiders fans were louder. I do think it was 60% uh, Raiders fans. But that was a big difference from last year. If you anybody in the Absolutely. chat went to the game last year, it felt like you and the guy next to you, and that was about it, like 10% Chargers fans maybe. This was pretty solid. And even my dad, a Raiders fan, said, hey, it feels about 50-50 in here. And so for him objectively to say that, I think that's a win for, for Chargers and Chargers fans. It didn't look like that in the beginning, but as the game really started, like, you guys showed up you know you hear about it all the time oh you know chargers fans don't show up and then then you kind of don't <laughs> to raiders games but to this particular one you guys put forward the money and you did and it was so nice to see not a majority but a huge step in the right direction what's up arjun no the someone said tyler sounds like collinsworth smoking packs tonight <laughs> 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 I have, I have no comments on that one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what, what's your uh, boss? Now, here's smoking? a guy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, man. Uh, no, appreciate the insight there. I, I, again, I thought it was uh, in terms of like the fan noise on, on the TV, it, it sounded like a neutral side game, which I think uh, is absolutely a win here. They only showed like two or three, you know, pans of Raiders fans, which uh, was definitely an improvement from last Monday Night Football where it was like, Raiders fans, Raiders fans, Raiders fans. So uh, mm -hmm. shout out there. So before we get started into our official game recap, have to give a quick shout out to uh, Tim Stewart. Uh, first super chat of the day. Said can't stick around to watch the show, but wanted to celebrate week one. He said, let's go. Let's go. And then hashtag FTR. So appreciate the support uh, there. And then we also had a new YouTube member, which is uh, always love to see that Ben Haskin newly into the YouTube membership. So had a great time in the Discord this morning, this afternoon, talking football with everybody that's over there. Uh, so make sure and go check that out. Um, all right, let's dive right into this game. I want to start with Alex here. Uh, your general takeaway, your, your biggest takeaway 
from uh, this afternoon's game against the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, um, I guess just general vibes of the game at first. It felt like it was pretty even like from the beginning, um, just because the Chargers defensive line, particularly on third downs early on, wasn't getting as much pressure uh, as they did later in the game. It just felt like everything was a little bit discombobulated at first. And then they get that, you know, big DeAndre Carter, you know, touchdown drive. They're up 17-3. And it just sort of, I don't know if it's stalled from there, but they played well enough against the Raiders from on that point forth. Um, and the defensive effort was just crazy. You know, we can talk about um, how Justin Herbert played, obviously, which was really great. And but this is the first game in a while where it's like the defense, particularly in the second half, took the Raiders, you know, out of multiple drives and gave the ball back to Justin Herbert for the offense to be able to do something or just burn clock uh, or, you know, take the Raiders out of the game. So I think the big takeaway in this game uh, really is the defense, particularly when JC Jackson eventually does come back uh, and what this can look like uh, going forward. So that was for me, my big takeaway, obviously Justin Herbert is fantastic. Um, The offense looked great at points, some confusing calls in some places, but going forward, I think this defense and this, you know, Chargers team really showed why they can contend, especially when JC Jackson comes back and, you know, things start to kind of go in the right direction in a few other areas. Yeah, man, this this defense was outstanding. And I think this shows you a glimpse like you're not going to get this kind of defensive output every single week. You know, three interceptions, sure. uh, six sacks. That's not going to happen every single week. But you feel confident about trusting this defense going forward and again doing this without jc jackson um i think should not go understated and, and asante samuel certainly took some lumps today um but man he battled his ass off that interception was crazy um just a super highly intelligent play so i, I think you start with the defense and i, and I agree with mm-hmm. alex for sure um just the way that they were able to make Carr frustrated that they were able to um, make plays on the back end this is what you expected from this kind of defense and now you don't have to rely on Justin Herbert being Superman every single week because you have a terrible defense. Now you have a unit that you are capable of trusting to perform week in and week out. Again, even if you're not getting you know three interceptions and six sacks every single week, they will hold up significantly better than last year's unit for sure. Yeah, oh my God, we got to see complimentary football today. <laughs> um, I couldn't remember the last game that they did that. Maybe Maybe it was against the Giants and Patrick Graham. But, you know, listen, 24 points, no Keenan Allen. Trey Pickens at tackle. We didn't know how that was going to go. You know, Keenan Allen basically barely plays, what, one-third of the game or whatever. Yeah. And the defense gets theirs. And special teams looks good. I mean, really, kudos to whoever you want to say is in charge of this team. Spanos family. Tom Telesco or Brandon Staley, whoever. Like, they put together a team that played complimentary football. I mean, J.K. Scott. The punter got a game ball today, but so did, you know, DeAndre Carter. So did Khalil Mack. You know, they built a team, you know, Gerald Everett, uh, Bryce Callahan, all these guys that they brought in, they played complimentary football for the most part. And that's just not something I'm used to seeing when this team, and this is week one, this is kind of sloppy. They're still trying to figure things out. Man, when they really started to get rolling and guys started getting healthy, hopefully, man, there's a good team here. Yeah, you see the the new guys really paying dividends across the board. Um, even, you know, Trey Pipkins. I know he's not necessarily a new guy, 
but I mean, he held Khalil, he held uh, Max Crosby to zero sacks today. So um, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that for sure. But um, the new veteran presences, aside from like one bad Kyle Van Oy rep against that running back, I thought were, were pretty much outstanding today. So I think you uh, definitely give a tip of the cap to the roster construction. Uh, Arjun, your big takeaway from uh, this performance today. Yeah, big takeaway. Uh, Justin Herbert is him, and he, yeah, he is. will take this team as far as as the team will. Or the team will go as far as he wants them to go. And you know, I think we'll talk about kind of the play calling later. But I mean, man, when when they put the ball in his hands, I I mean, it was it was just fun to see, like. It, the splits between when they ran the ball in early downs versus passing the ball was just was just crazy. And I mean, I I had to like it was unfortunate. I was in a club meeting during like the second quarter, so like I I was like I couldn't really like pay as much attention to it. So I missed a couple of throws here and there. But I like rewatched and some of the throws to DeAndre Carter down the seam, the touchdown mm-hmm. ball, which I saw, was I mean that is a tough throw. And like I think right now you see that. Herbert really belongs in that elite echelon. And if anyone says otherwise, I mean, I really don't know what to say. Even with a defense as bad as the Raiders are, I mean, he was still fitting throws in that maybe like only Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers can make. So really looking forward to see him on on prime time on Thursday night. Um, I guess the other big takeaway is uh, Jerry Tillery isn't a NFL player. (laughs) (laughs) as far as herbert goes man i I said in the stands enough times and only last year i guess i saw herbert but you watch him again and there's throws where i'm i swear it's going to doink off a raiders you know player's helmet and it just sails perfectly right over you know and then you watch Derek carr who i think almost had a really good game but he just couldn't get it there a couple of times Whereas Herbert was the guy that could get it there in those situations too, who could extend the play. Yeah, Herbert is him, man. And, and there were MVP chants in the crowd today. And it, I, I got chills, man. Like it really felt like it. I think we're yeah. on our way. I do want to say real quick, I I I kind of disagree with Tyler on the complimentary football. I did want to see the run game get, you know, established okay. a little bit more. Like yeah. obviously I want them to pass, but I think me and Steven did talk about how the interior D line was the weak point of the Raiders and mm-hmm. didn't really seem like the Chargers took like full advantage of that so i was a little bit concerned there when it didn't work early and then they kind of went back to it late in the game which we'll discuss but yeah i think the last part of of a complimentary game on all fronts was the run game and i think yeah struggled a little bit there no i think that's absolutely fair and you know i think you can definitely talk about playing complimentary football in terms of the defense in terms of special teams although dozen hopkins did miss a field goal which i'm sure we can talk about as well but I mean, you know, Ted Wynn pointing this out, you you see a, an instance, I think, that really kind of shows where Justin Herbert is at and where Derek Carr is at. Um, you know, the Chargers run a Tampa two instance and Derek Carr ends up throwing an interception. And then, you know, a few plays later, the Raiders are doing a Tampa two kind of coverage and Justin Herbert fires it. <laughs> What did you call it, Arjun? A piss missile, I think, is the, the phrase that you were used on Twitter yeah. uh, to DeAndre I, I Carter over the middle else. was. Yeah, I've heard that expression before for sure. But um, I, I think that's just, you know, uh, an embodiment of where those two players are at and the plays that Justin Herbert can make. Like, we, this is not news to us. We know that this is – we know that Justin Herbert can do these things. Um, that touchdown throw to Gerald Everett, man, was an insane amount of velocity on that throw. So 
Uh, Justin Herbert stepped up, man. He he came to battle today, and I thought he played outstanding, um, super efficient with the football. I really only felt like he had uh, one throw that I think you could kind of take back, and maybe that was the slant to uh, Mike Williams late in the game. But that was really like my only uh, issue with Herbert in terms of what he did through there today. Alex, any thoughts there? Um, yeah, no, I mean, we talk about just how he was able to spread the ball around. Like, imagine telling someone before the game that his three touchdowns were to <laughs> yeah. DeAndre Carter, Xander Horvath, and Gerald Everett, right? <laughs> like, it's just that's, like... That's like Philip Rivers, like, when he... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, oh, here's Dontrell Lindman and Travis Benjamin. But um, no, I, I thought that, you know, just having that kind of a game, uh, you know, considering the situation, obviously, Keaton leaving early in the game, not utilizing Austin Eckler quite in the way that it seemed like they wanted to. Mike Williams having a dud of the game and Justin Herbert still gets it done. Right. And is still able, regardless of like who was in the positions uh, that they were, uh, the fact that he was still able to get it to those guys and, and kind of put the team, you know, on his back, if you will, I uh, just thought it was really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. agree there. So we'll get uh, some, some super chat shout outs you guys are, are crushing it tonight really appreciate that Seriously. um el ron i'm i'm sure i said that wrong uh arjun put 100 on your mahomes over here's some back brother uh man the chiefs look freaking really good today so uh you know arjun that was a really good call uh on the week one chiefs talk there um there was another one there was actually a few other ones uh dylan bickel bickel he said never felt nervous today such an odd feeling I don't share that feeling. I was definitely nervous. I was definitely sweating <laughs> a little bit. Um, uh, the nervous energy didn't hit me until the Raiders came out and scored a touchdown in the in the second half. Um, but I wasn't nervous like entering the game at all today. So that is definitely an odd feeling. But uh, I was definitely sweating bullets there a little bit after Devontae scored that touchdown late, uh, early in the second half. Yeah, I, I was good throughout the whole morning. Felt pretty good. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in that second half, I was going. Oh man, I'm gonna have to talk about this weird way the Chargers lost again, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rich E, another super chat here. I was really expecting our run game to not dominate this Raider D line. Me too. Uh, I think all of us were, and I think the Chargers were as well. So um, we can certainly get into that one as well. Yeah, it's weird. I think the way the offensive line played, it was flipped. Like I thought they would have done better in the run game. And then mm-hmm. like struggled a little bit in the past game, but zero sacks allowed. And I think the, the Raiders did get a decent amount of pressure, but um, it wasn't anything like Herbert, like the pocket was like completely collapsing. Like, you know, the Bengals game where Bengals line just got completely worked by the, by the Steelers. I think um, the pass protection was awesome. And I think, I think the run game sucked a little bit, but um, yeah, it was definitely flipped in the way that I thought it was going to play out. Yeah, Joe Alexander as well says it was amazing to watch a run defense give up mostly three yard runs, especially since the last game we played uh, was was them throwing us with runs. Yeah, man. I mean, there were certainly a few uh, big runs that Josh uh, Jacobs popped off, but um, for the most part, the run defense was outstanding today for sure. We got to fly through these super chats, man. I appreciate you guys, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Max Vega, appreciate it. Do you think we should have went for fourth and four when Hopkins missed that kick? By the way, love the pod. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about this one because obviously at this at that point in the game, um, let me make sure I have this right off of the play by play. 
you know, Dustin Hopkins. That was after the interception by mm-hmm. Bryce Callahan. So the Chargers had a short field. Um, you know, they get the ball on the Vegas 46 yard line. Um, they get one first down, and then after the first down, they go uh, Sony Michelle right tackle for six yards. Tony Michelle, right guard for negative one yard. Justin Herbert, incomplete pass to Jalen Guyton deep. So, um, Arjun, I don't know if you have the numbers there, but was it a strong go for the Chargers yeah, at that point? I have the numbers. It, it was actually just a toss-up. Just like mm-hmm. basically the Chargers had a 96% win probability either way. So it didn't mm-hmm. really matter what they did as long as it worked and it just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, the guidance throw, he kind of, he was open, right? He just like overthrew he was. him. Yeah, he was. he was open. Yeah. I kind of wish that was a first down throw, you know, but. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Hopkins misses the field goal and then the Raiders go down and score the touchdown. And then at that point, it was 24 to 19. So, yeah, that's definitely when I was feeling the nervous part. <laughs> uh, no, I don't hate it. You know, you go get three points and that really just changes the math, I think, a bit there. So, I get it. It's 48 yards over 50 with Hopkins. Then yeah, maybe I'd go for it if it's, if it's four or five yards to go, um, but under 50, you know, Hopkins should be making those. Yeah. I, I think that Hopkins probably should have made that one. I did think the decision-making just was a little bit the opposite of what I thought it would be at some points in the game. Um, even that terrific JK Scott punt where they down him inside the two. I mean, that was a strong go for the chargers there on what, you know, was fourth and three. I, really did think Brandon Staley was kind of going to go for it there doesn't uh and then there's the weird hurry up QB sneak on what was fourth and a pretty long one um and they don't get that to go so just some weird decision making in terms of going for it and then um I, I did think the play calling left a little bit to be desired uh when they did so at that point I think you kind of take the points and assume Hopkins is going to make that and the fact that he didn't kind of stinks but didn't end up costing them anyway yeah yeah go ahead uh, I did have a question about this one from Max Vega are you guys concerned of Mike Williams performance today out of curiosity did, did they mention anything on the broadcast about him being hurt or banged up at all no no there was whatever Herbert was trying to do on that sort of bootleg deep over whatever was supposed to be the post route to Mike Williams that he, I believe, tried to set up. They tried to set up deep, that kind of classic, you know, Herbert rolls to his right, throws back to his left sort of thing. I thought Mike Williams, after that play, got up kind of gingerly and sort of slowly mm-hmm. walked off to the sideline. Uh, if there wasn't anything reported on that, maybe it was nothing. Um, but I'm just curious if that was kind of part of what happened with Mike Williams today, where he only had, you know, 10 yards, wasn't even targeted. And that was, I believe, the second drive of the game. So I was just curious. No, he um, they were there was no mention of him being injured at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously he had like the two targets late in the fourth quarter, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he didn't look right to me on those. So maybe something happened on that deep over route. But it was it, it was very similar in terms of like the way they were spreading the ball around to last year's uh, home Raiders games as well, where mm-hmm. it was a lot of Jared Cook, it was a lot of Donald Parham, a lot of Austin Eckler. Um, not a lot of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and that, I mean, Keenan got hurt. Keenan was definitely involved early and often, 
Um, but the lack of involvement to Mike Williams and Josh Palmer was confusing for sure, especially after you lose Keenan Allen. So I'll, I'll reserve final judgment, of course, until we see the all 22. Cause right. last year after the first Raiders game, it was like, Oh, where's Mike? Where's Mike? But he was open all game long. just just not getting the ball. Um, but very puzzling for sure. Like I said, you lose Keenan Allen and you're not, you know, kind of cranking up Mike Williams and Josh Palmer at that point. Alrighty, just real quick, since I get the, I've still got this. <laughs> Thank you, mom, for the super sticker. I appreciate it. That was awesome. And then your uh, your dad as well did a super sticker, didn't he? It seems like it. Yeah. So the, there's a lot of there's comments. A lot of in comments here. going on. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get to them. Bolt Brett. I don't know. I just hate the Raiders. <laughs> Thank you, Bolt Brett, for that one. Uh, yes, man. Absolutely. That was that's an awesome comment. So. Um, all right, I want to, of course, uh, talk about the offensive line here. Um, I think they certainly, you can kind of give them a mixed bag, a grade. Um, let, let's talk about them in, in terms of the pass, pass blocking performances because I think anytime you can hold Chandler Jones and Max Crosby to zero sacks, although Max Crosby did, Crosby did have the one uh, QB hit, which forced an incomplete pass from uh, – Justin Herbert, but uh, I thought the offensive line in terms of pass protection was mostly fantastic. Tyler, what do you see uh, in the stadium from those guys tonight? I definitely want to see how this worked out for the tackles because I think Herbert did a lot to kind of mask the fact that maybe he was kind of pressured out of the pocket. Maybe he had to move a bit. But listen, overall, I, I owe Duke Manyweather and Trey Pipkins <laughs> um, beer drinking because I said I would buy some offensive line masterminds um ipa or whatever they make if trey pifkins didn't allow a sack and yeah sure did he allow you know four pressures or whatever arjun can speak to the the unofficial stats but you know what man you know what that's better than 11 <laughs> pressures and two sacks uh on the road against the raiders so as far as the first test goes he hung in there and I, i'm really i guess proud of the way pipkins did today all things considered and really the offensive line in general in terms of pass protection did fantastic today they really i think herbert was hit three times all day and that's sure shit better than last year yeah yes. i mean uh, you, you i'm sorry uh you just go to last game which was just so jarring and seeing the performance that storm norton had um if you can get away with four pressures uh you know particularly going against crosby you take it and if you mm -hmm. told that to anyone before the game that trey pipkins would allow four pressures and no sacks we would have all taken it um, so I think that that was just great, uh, from that standpoint, aside from that, uh, I thought the offensive line played really well. The missing report on uh, Chandler Jones was obviously filed <laughs> by Steven, uh, not anywhere really to be found throughout the game. So Slater obviously did, you know, what Slater does at this point, uh, it's kind of clockwork for him, but no, I thought the offensive line played really well. And we were just sort of looking for that Trey Pipkins variable and seeing how that would play out in real time. Uh, and it's a good first start, uh, certainly, you know, compared to what we thought it could have been in terms of how bad it could have been. So uh, definitely great, you know, going into week two, uh, Trey Pipkins obviously coming off of that game against the Chiefs last year. So I think this was a great, you know, confidence booster and first test uh, to kind of get this rolling. Yeah, Arjun, I want to speak. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just drop some stats. I know people are asking about it. So Pipkins allowed four pressures, Slater three, Zion two, Filer two, and Lindsley zero, all of that on 35 
um, pass blocking snaps. Um, you know, not not the best, not the worst. Uh, two quarterback hits, one from Pipkins, one from Slater. Um, someone else asked. Uh, Jared asked, how did Zant do against Adams? I, I think I sent it to you guys. It was three – targeted him five times, three catches for like 37 yards and a touchdown, something like that. Um, actually, I think that should be more because he did have the 41-yard throw yeah. like on the – so it'll, it'll be updated in the morning, but, mm-hmm. but I think Asante held his own. But, um, yeah, going back to the offensive line, I mean, I think they played well. Zero uh, sacks is obviously a big plus, but I think I think we could probably agree that's more Herbert than the offensive line. And, you know, pressures is obviously something Herbert manages very, very well. That I mean, okay, that throw he made with, uh, I think it was Chandler Jones holding his ankle. You remember that over the middle where – he couldn't generate any velocity by like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. lunging forward and he threw it just like just like that and it still had more velocity than like 80 percent of nfl starting quarterbacks i mean that is just insane like insane stuff by herbert so yeah I th- yeah sorry i go. thought you were done yeah um I, th- I think you see a lot of uh you know where justin herbert is so good in avoiding the sacks in areas where somebody like Joe Burrow takes a lot of unnecessary sacks or Dak Prescott tonight in Sunday Night football took a lot of unnecessary hits, you know, Josh Allen takes a lot of unnecessary hits. So, um, you know, I think people are kind of learning that the quarterback has a lot to do with sacks as well these days. Um, but you know, Rashawn Slater, three pressures, Trey Pipkins, four pressures, that might change a little bit. You know, I, I remember like off the top of my head, like probably five for Trey. But yeah. again, his mission today was to avoid the avalanche game. And he did that successfully. And so mission accomplished. I think he played uh, a very good game. And, and we'll see kind of how uh, what the film paints as well. But I mean, <laughs> I try to tell Raiders fans, man, Chandler Jones was not getting anywhere close to Justin Herbert more than a couple of stunts or something like that. Rashawn Slater. Uh, is him as well so uh, of course I'm taking all the victory laps against that uh, yeah. those kind of arguments but uh, again I think you together with the offensive line with Brendan Nugent with Justin Herbert you feel really good about the Chargers protection going forward however I was very disappointed in the way that they blocked the Raiders run defense this was mm-hmm. an area that I thought the Chargers should have been able to excel at um, of course, you have Max Crosby, who's one of the best run defending edges in the league. But you have Andrew Billings, who was not on a team last year, playing significant snaps for the Raiders. You have Bilal Nichols, who was worse than Jerry Tillery as a run defender last year. And the Chargers put up 2.6 yards per carry. So I think some of that is just not having a preseason, not being able to really hit each other all that much. Some of that is working with the new starters along the right side. Um, some of that, of course, is the running backs themselves. You know, there was that bizarre decision by Austin Eckler to bounce a play at the end zone and nearly oh, got a yeah. safety called. Um, mm. So the run game to me was something that I thought would be a big time advantage in this game. And it turned out to be the only weakness, but it was their biggest weakness by far in this one. So a lot to iron out there. I'm curious again to kind of go watch the all 22, but very, very disappointed in the Chargers rushing attack today. Yeah, um, 
Just not a lot that went positive for them. Obviously, Eckler, my bold prediction of 170 combined <laughs> yards did not come true uh, yeah. in this one today. But um, a lot of Sony Michelle, uh, a lot more than I thought there would be. Uh, and it didn't always look pretty in that respect either. But yeah, I definitely thought that compared to what we thought it would be going into game, you can just run it down the Raiders throats. I think the Raiders, you know, to their credit, uh, played better than yes, uh, a lot of people expected sure. them to, considering the pieces on their interior defensive line. Um, but the, I think mean, the Chargers, as much as they held up in the passing game, did not hold up in the run game much at all um, outside of a couple, you know, decisive Josh Kelly runs. Uh, it just didn't really feel like they had much of a grip uh, on this one in terms of what they were doing on each run. Uh, and so I hope that, you know, communication does improve going into week two. Yeah. So just really quickly before Tyler Arjun jumps in, uh, Austin Eckler, 14 carries, 36 yards, 2.6 per uh joshua kelly four carries 21 yards so he was he was good i felt like he was decisive like alex said uh 5.3 yards per carry for him sony michelle i I thought would have a a bigger impact in this game seven carries Mm -hmm. 12 yards 1.7 yards per carry uh they had the one end around to josh palmer for four yards then horvath had a fullback dive for two yards and then justin herbert four carries for one yard Um, i thought justin could have scored on that one scramble where he took the unnecessary roughness but that's kind of nitpicking so uh mm-hmm. 31 carries 76 yards for the chargers rushing attack that is simply not good enough i do expect it to be better going forward though yeah absolutely i think some people equate plays not working with maybe bad play calling and i think there's definitely that for sure with joe lombardi today but i wish they had just executed better i don't blame them at all for leaning on the run as much as they did especially without keenan allen um, again, that was their strength against the Raiders last year. That's how they closed out that game. That's how they really scored two touchdowns and two, you know, in the middle of that awful game against the Raiders until things got going. They had to run the ball to find their momentum. So mm-hmm. I don't hate it. They upgraded everything this offseason so they could run the ball. It just didn't work. Me personally, at this point, I know it's very early to give up on the guy, but I would like, let's give Spiller a shot. If he's healthy, I think there's a, just a part of the dynamic part of this offense that you're missing. Maybe not even as a runner, but you know, if Joe Lombardi's working this guy in with the starting offense and he's running wheel routes and angle routes and go routes and whatever out of the backfield, and then you're like, nah, here's Sony Michelle who just learned the offense last week. I feel like you're kind of capping your offense there. So will they activate Spiller for the Chiefs game? I probably not, I guess, but I would be I surprised. Like, I feel like you're missing an element, not even just a, like your your rushing attack, but your running back attack. That's what Spiller does. He did it fantastic in the in the um, at camp. So give him a shot. <laughs> Laughing at this uh, Raiders fan comment. Uh, Bills and Chargers are the same team with different standards. Always disappointing. The Bills are the best team in the league right now, man. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what have the Raiders done in twenty years? Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's 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 pretty funny how I think Raiders fans are like. They're like trying to bring the Charger fans down by saying, "Oh, you only won by five or like, you know, like I think they're forgetting we didn't have JC Jackson. The Keenan was out for three quarters of the game. The Chargers not only won, they covered the three and a half, so they kind of exceeded the market's expectations mm-hmm. while missing two of the best players on the team. Like I I mean, I don't really know what, you know, what they're so disappointed like mad about. I think that they're just co- it's their way of coping uh, to this loss. 
Comparing to the comparing the Chargers to the Bills is not an insult. Like that's a compliment, man. Like I don't know what to tell you. The Bills are an awesome team right now. So um, we'll get back to it a little bit. I do want to talk about Joe Lombardi and his play calling. And we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, I, again, I always reserve final judgment on play calling in terms of like watching the all 22. I definitely think that he was conservative in the second half. There was no rhythm in the second half, but they also went three and out like three drives in a row. And some of that was simply due to execution. Like I mentioned, Austin Eckler, you know, at the two yard line, you cannot bounce runs at the two yard line. You can't do that. And then you have Trey McKitty with a, an egregious drop like that dude had 15 yards of grass in front of him easily. Um, again, we talked about the Mike Williams slant later on in the four, early in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great play by Nate Hobbs, but it just looked a little out of sync from Herbert and um, Mike Williams. So I can understand being a little frustrated about the conservative play. Again, they just did not have the kind of rhythm late in the second half to really make any kind of true impression on play calling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I would definitely like to see them open it up a little bit more with Justin Herbert for sure. But I think at that point, you're up two scores. You're trying to physically impose your will. And I get it. Like running the ball is not not super efficient. But Brandon Staley has said he wants this team to be physically dominant. He wants them to be tough. And in football, you do that by running the ball. You do that with your offensive line that you invested two first-round picks in, spent a lot of money on the left side and the center, and they just didn't do that today. So I'm going to reserve judgment here on Joe Lombardi, but I do think there were some definitely puzzling calls uh, in this one, specifically like the quarterback sneak I did not love at all. Yeah, um, I thought it could have been uh, a lot better, particularly in the second half, just a lot cleaner football that could have been played. Then again, the other team was like, all right, let's do a play where Derek Carr blocks (laughs) and Devontae Adams, you know, tries to throw the ball. So I think they got bailed out by Josh McDaniels being Josh McDaniels to an extent. Um, But overall, yeah, uneven second half. And it was just surprising to see that considering how consistently – they took shots in the first half, regardless mm-hmm. of Keenan Allen not being on the field, particularly on the DeAndre Carter drive. You know, it didn't matter whether it was like Gerald Everett or whoever was open. They were just right. kind of going to whoever. And then because I think of the Keenan Allen injury and because of some other factors, 
then they started leaning on the run game and they started leaning on Sony Michelle. And it's like, I, I don't really know why they did that or felt the need to do it other than just, you know, at one point they were up by two scores and like trying to kind of burn clock. Um, but definitely thought it could have been better from Joe Lombardi today and hope for, you know, especially you know considering you're playing the Chiefs and considering what that game could potentially be like, uh, you know, either a track meet or you're playing from behind. Uh, then that, you know, just needs to improve uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I think I think the thing to add to that is, like, I, I'm with Steven in the fact that, like, I think if it was working and then I'd be open to, like, okay, continue to running the ball. Sure. But just, you know, some of the stats behind today, the Chargers pretty much added 0.57 points every time they threw the ball in first and second down. They lost about – Point three eight points every time they ran the ball. They passed the ball 26 times on early downs. They ran the ball 23 times on early downs. So, you know, w- when you have a quarterback like Herbert, I would hope that split is more 65-35 or 70-30. I'm not saying you don't run the ball at all because that's not how the NFL works. Sure. I, I do want to ask, like, do you think Keenan getting hurt kind of changed the game plan, especially on early downs, um, to, like, Okay, maybe we shouldn't pass the ball as much, and maybe we should we should lean on the run game even if it isn't working. I mean, considering all of training camp, how much they were attacking deep, right? You're deepish, not like you know, eighty yards down the field, but like twenty, thirty yards with Keenan. And considering that was what they did twice, they had a forty yard at a Keenan today, and then suddenly that kind of goes away when he's out. I think yeah, it has to do something with that. Now, why can't you involve Mike Williams and Josh Palmer with that? Right. I don't know. Um, but again, I, I didn't see, like, I'm watching from the stand. So I want to see what happened on the all 22 first before I yeah. really see anything. Yeah. I think the chargers clearly went into this game thinking that they would be able to run the ball on the Raiders. And I think they should have pivoted 100%. I agree with people saying that they should have pivoted. Um, you know, I would have loved to see Josh Palmer get more involved. I would have loved to see Mike Williams get more involved. Um, so Keenan, I think probably changed. Um, you know, maybe kind of the focal point of the offense, but they still should have been able to get, you know, more production. And it was, a, it was an everybody issue. Like I understand that the, the thing is always to blame the play caller, but again, you have a bad decision by Austin Eckler. You have a drop by Trey McKitty. You have a bad slant route by Mike Williams. So it was just kind of a, a mess overall in the second half. And obviously Joe Lombardi is, is to blame there as well. Um, but I do expect it obviously to get better. You know, the first, uh, the first game last year, second game last year was not exactly, you know, super efficient on offense either. So, you know, I expect it to be better going forward for sure. Yeah. And like, I think the thing is like, even if you get to third down, you have third and Herbert. So like, I'm not like too concerned if they get to third down by running it on first and second, but obviously you don't want to lean into that type of variance or you don't want to be putting Herbert in those like, high leverage situations a lot of the times because you know eventually things will regress to the mean but but her but like herbert could just be like a complete alien in that regard and and continue to uh push you know our uh, data analysis past its boundaries which he's already done in his first two years so um in in regards to the play calling like yeah i think that's like steven said a all 22 thing um but when you have the lead i would like to see them put their foot down a little bit more yes like absolutely and if the run isn't working i don't i just didn't agree with going back to it at that time but 
I mean, overall, they, they they were still moving the ball at will in the first half. And, you know, especially when you lose your wide receiver one, that does change a lot of the game plan in, in the playbook. So, you know, I'm not too hard on Lombardi as much as other people are. And, you know, they, they still were a pretty positive on the day in terms of EPA. So um, not not too worried there. I just would like to see a little more adjustments going forward. Alex, anything to add there? Uh, no, I think we added everything. Uh, I mean, I do think just going forward, they're going to rely, you know, on Herbert quite a bit, uh, you know, particularly where they're playing from behind. But I would just like to see the, the playing from ahead be a little bit more, you know, yeah. uh, better just in general and more consistent. Then again, I think that'll kind of come with time in the season and the more that all these guys get to work with each other uh, throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll uh, we'll get back to the defense here. Of course, have to talk about kind of what unfolded on that side of the ball. You get, uh, like I said, six sacks from this defense, including three from Mr. Khalil Mack, who uh, Argent, you know, I pulled receipts on Rashawn Slater. Argent pulled some uh, receipts on Khalil Mack today. So uh, you get three sacks from Khalil Mack, including uh, and as well as three tackles for loss. Uh, he hit Derek Carr four times today overall. Uh, Derwin James gets a sack. Joey Bosa had uh, one and a half, including his first strip sack of the day. Um, and who else? Uh, Morgan Fox was the other half of uh, that one and a half from Joey Bosa. So, uh, Tyler, what would you make of the uh, debut of this revamped pass rush from the Chargers today? <laughs> Look, man, you hear about it. No, oh, Khalil Mack looks great. And of course, I recorded a video and oh my God, <laughs> he looks great. And everyone's like, ooh, he looks good. But you really don't know. And honestly, as a typical Chargers fan, it was about six plays into the game. And I'm thinking, oh no, Khalil Mack hasn't had 14 sacks yet. Like, <laughs> what did we do wrong? And then, of course, he you know takes some lineman or tight end and, and throws him in the car and gets one sack. It's, okay, pretty cool. Nice. Then he gets another sack. It's like, okay, cool. Then he gets another one, you know, to force, you know, fourth down or actually to, to turn the ball over. And it's like, <laughs> man, thank you, John Gruden. Uh, you know, you wanted to trade him away. Now he's back with us. Now he's getting revenge against the Raiders that you used to coach and helping the Chargers get the win. Three sacks from Mac, two from Joey Bosa. You know, what is it? Seven or eight total quarterback hits or whatever it was. It, uh, it was... Nine nine issues it, it was a pleasure i'll say that much it was a priv in a good way so arjun uh do you have the the pressure numbers that you can share there uh that you yeah share i do us, and has been updated Mack now up to seven pressures on the day Ooh. on top of the three sacks so so yeah i mean i i have more receipts i i definitely want to save them for for later and i just wanted to give give the folks a little taste but I mean, I, I was arguing with someone saying Trey Hendrickson's better than Khalil Mack, and I'm just like, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> so I, had to, I had to bring that one back. But, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any way to make, make a better, you know, statement against uh, in, in your first game with a new team, seven pressures, three quarterback sacks, four hurries, um, you know, he, another, uh, another play where he beat Colton Miller. And, again, like he was doing all of this against Colton Miller, who was a very good – left tackle. I mean, he's getting paid like a top 10 left tackle for a reason, right? So mm -hmm. one of the best pass protectors in the business. And I mean, Khalil Mack kind of took him to work. I think there were, I, I think one of the sacks was more of a cleanup sack. The one where Carr mm -hmm. kind of stepped up into Mack and Mack, it was just relentless pressure after that. But, but yeah, I mean, Mack was awesome. Bosa 
Um, he had one and a half sacks, three pressures for him, three pressures for Morgan Fox. Um, mm. Derwin had two on three pass rush attempts. So, you know, I, that's something I hope to continue to see uh, going forward, not next week against the Chiefs, but, um, you know, going forward. And then Rumpf with one and Callahan with one on that slot blitz he came on where he came all the way around and I mm-hmm. believe got a hand on Carr. Yeah. And Devontae was wide open in the middle of the field on that play. So if, if Callahan mm-hmm. wasn't there, you know, that could have been a pretty bad play. But overall, it, it was an okay performance by the pass rush. I think the first half got me a little bit worried. And then Mac and Bosa really showed up towards the end. So really, really love to see that. And definitely going to need it next week where you're like straight up. I'll talk about it in my analytics thing, but you can't blitz Mahomes. So it's really going to be up to the the main guys to, to get the job mm-hmm. done up front. Did you see how often the cardinals blitz Mahomes today 54 percent. why my god <laughs> and you know like that i mean i don't know i know people on their analytics staff there i i just like they know you can't blitz Mahomes. i just think it's vance joseph's like style of defense so i mean cardinals are cardinals are something for sure i mean i don't i don't know what they were watching in the offseason but I think after the 41st point my defense allowed, I'd probably stop blitzing. But, <laughs> you know, that's just me. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought this revamp defense looked really good. Uh, you talk about Khalil Mack. I, there, I feel like there was a point in the offseason, particularly like maybe right after the trade happened where it's like, oh, Khalil Mack's this like declining asset. He's getting older and like all that kind of stuff. And it's just like he's fucking Khalil Mack. <laughs> like, what, what the, what are we talking about here? And um, you know, you showed why you upgrade over, you know, Uchenna Nwosu, who had a good season last year. But it's just like this guy is on a different level, and when he's healthy, is a top five edge rusher in the league. Uh, and if you could put two of those guys next to each other, and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, you instantly probably have the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. And so, you know, how valuable that is particularly in this game where you don't have JC Jackson uh, and you know, you're, you need that defensive line pressure because Devonte Adams, particularly in that first half in the beginning of the third quarter is going off. Um, the fact that they got that later on in the game and they just kind of broke the Raiders offensive line down, uh, you know, as the game went on, I just think was a really important effort to see would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the interior defensive line uh, yeah. pass rush, you know, from that standpoint. But for what we got in this game, obviously Derwin and everybody else contributing to, you know, uh, the pass rush there was great. But for the first outing of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and, and what that was supposed to be, uh, it lived up to everything I think we thought it would be. Yeah, absolutely, man. The, the sheer power that Khalil Mack brings to the table, there were – Multiple rushes against uh, Illuminor or however you say it. A couple against uh, Colton Miller where he just, you know, has them in Derek Carr's lap. And the the final sack that sealed the game, man, like um, it wasn't nearly as impressive as like Vaughn Miller um, long-arming Joe, no- Joe Noboom on Thursday. But it was damn mm-hmm. impressive um, just bull rushing him to death. So I thought he was fantastic today. Obviously, somebody pointed out uh, really did a great job in the run game as well. I saw some people saying that like Joey didn't have a great game. I mean, he had a strip sack and and another sack, but um, you could tell that their plan was to kind of dare Khalil and the other guys to beat them. Um, And that was a bold strategy. I have to say, uh, particularly against a former Raider. So 
Um, they were chipping and double teaming Joey all game long. I think that's going to be the case throughout the year. It's just now that the Chargers have somebody to really take advantage uh, of those decisions and make you pay. And that's what Kalimak did today. He took full advantage of his one-on-one opportunities uh, and obviously made the Raiders life hell. Is Orlando Brown still playing for the Chiefs? Is he he is, there? yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Well, that'll be fun either way. <laughs> as far as the interior guys go, Arjun, so Morgan Fox had three pressures. Tillery had zero. Uh, zero elsewhere as well? Yeah, zero elsewhere. I think mm-hmm. there was maybe one you could get from Austin Johnson and like maybe one from Sebastian, but um, not a ton uh, from those two, unfortunately. Yeah, John- Johnson did have a pretty important um, pass, like a batted down pass. Yeah. On, was it second down or third down? It was second down. Yeah. I thought those two played really well against the run. I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, Austin Johnson had a couple of really good plays. Sebastian, of course, as well, setting the line of scrimmage. But, um, you know, I thought that they would be able to kind of make a bigger impact uh, as uh, pass rushers for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Almost that time, Tyler. We're almost done, man. Um, definitely want to talk about the secondary today. I think a lot of people kind of freaking out a little bit about Devontae Adams and like what he was able to do. Um, but you hold Hunter Renfro to, uh, I think it was four catches. I mean, Darren Waller had four catches for 79 yards. Um, overall, I thought the secondary was really solid. Bryce Callahan um, was fantastic in the slot, I thought, today. Obviously, out of the interception. Um, and then Asante Samuel Jr. had a pass breakup in the interception. Again, mm-hmm. that interception, man, it's it's not going to get enough love because Derek threw <laughs> two other ones. Um, <laughs> but there was like this miscommunication going on between Bryce and Asante, and Asante was on the outside, and Bryce had his like left shoulder turned towards the sideline and was still like talking with Asante when Devontae started running his route. And Asante realized that it was going to Devontae and just bailed and recovered. And uh, fortunately, it was not an underthrow defensive pass interference, but it was a hell of a catch uh, by Asante Samuel Jr. for sure. Overall, I thought the secondary was pretty solid without uh, J.C. Jackson today. Yeah, I mean, I think I was right in the fact that, like, no one can cover, uh, cover Devontae, and sure. that kind of reared his head at times, especially on, on third downs on, on the opening drive. But I, I think they did overall a pretty good job. You know, you don't get three picks by being lucky, I mean, the Asante and Callahan picks and, and Tranquil, like, Tranquil's were nice straight too. skill. Like, that. Tranquil baited him. Asante had a great pick out of the air. And then Callahan make a, made a great break on the ball. I think, you know, last year in the Chiefs game, I was like, okay, the, the defensive performance is overrated because the two picks and the two fumbles were, you know, the one of the picks was a tip ball. The other one was like a punt by Mahomes, right? I think these interceptions felt different. This defensive performance felt different. And I think it's a good sign going forward, especially since the Chargers didn't have their best, um, you know, cover corner. The only thing I would say I would like to see is, you know, the Chargers don't really have a habit of forcing three and outs all that often. And they kind of let the Raiders build up a drive, build up a drive, a little bit of bend on break here and there. But um, I think going forward, you know, being able to stop them early and often would be help would be nice, but but overall I think the coverage unit was great. Asante held his own against Devontae, even if he did get, you know, put on on the highlight feed a couple times. Uh, but you know who who doesn't get put on the highlight feed? Like, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's everybody. I guess Michael Davis in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I thought it was a really good game all around from the secondary. Obviously, Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. took their lumps with Devontae Adams, like as everyone does. Um, but aside from that, like I don't I don't really remember the last Chargers game where Hunter Renfro just wasn't a factor, like really much at all. Um, it felt like and Bryce Callahan kind of was a big part in that. Um, you have Darren Waller who dropped the dropped the touchdown, uh, but you know, pretty limited throughout most of the game. Uh, and so for me, I, th- I thought this was just a really solid effort, especially considering this is the week JC's out to be able to get this win uh, and and hold the other pieces of the Raiders receiving group, uh, you know, to fairly minimal production outside of Devontae Adams. I, I think that's a really just solid effort all around. What do you think went into the decision to officially make Asante Samuel Jr. the quote unquote corner one today? over someone like Michael Davis, because obviously it was, it was Davis, 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 Davis leading up to this game. Mm-hmm. And then now it's Asante Samuel Jr. covering Devontae Adams the most, unless that was Raiders schemed up somehow, but I would assume that they had viewed ASJ as that corner one. What do you think was went into that switch up? I'm sure there was uh, some of that. It didn't really seem like Asante and, and Davis were rotating as much as, you know, I thought they would. There wasn't a whole lot of Davis on Darren Waller, for example, which I was kind of surprised at. Um, but to me, it was probably the Raiders trying to, you know, seek out an advantage and, um, they did move Devontae into the slot quite a bit as well. So I feel like the chargers were like, we're going to have Bryce on Renfro one-on-one and that's going to be like our linchpin for the week. And then everybody else was kind of focused in on, on helping the outside. So I was okay with the game plan outside of the one forty yard catch, which was an insane route by Devontae, man. That really was was yeah. just like incredible. Outside of that, everything else was short. Everything was rally and tackle. So I feel like that was their game plan was to kind of, like Arden said, bend, don't break when it comes to Devontae. And for the most part, I feel like it was uh, success. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to think that um, oh, the Chargers analytics team played a little bit of a part in here. I think Asante last year was a little bit of a better corner than Michael Davis, but also I think it could be for matchup purposes. Matt Collins is, you know, six, three, six, four. Michael Davis does match up a little bit better with him. And, and, you know, Davis also matches up better with Waller when he lines up on the outside. So you kind of are left with Asante either guarding Renfro, which means Callahan is guarding someone else, which just doesn't make sense. So I think when you kind of like eliminate all of the possibilities, you're left with Asante on Devante and, I mean, like I said, he held its own. You're not going to know no corners are really ever going to win a game against Devontae unless, you know, they're the best of the best, which, you know, our best of the best was missing today. Yeah, like I said, I'm very impressed with the way Asante battled. And, you know, this was the guy that we all loved in the draft, right? Like, you know, he certainly mm-hmm. took his lumps. It would be very easy for, you know, a second year corner to get a little cooked on that route. And then just kind of be, you know, not super focused into this matchup. But, you know, came back from that, had a uh, had a really nice tackle and run defense, had a pass breakup, had the interception. So uh, I thought Asante played about as well as you can expect for, you know, your CB2 uh, against Devontae Adams. So um, we'll, uh, we'll start wrapping up the show here. I want to talk about uh, one area of concern that we want to see kind of fixed for the next few weeks, not necessarily uh, Thursday for the Chiefs. Uh, and then we will hand out, you know, quote unquote, hand out uh, our game balls of the week. So, uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What's one thing that you definitely want to see the Chargers clean up as they uh, get ready for the Chiefs and, of course, uh, moving forward? 
Um, I'll say interior pass rush situation just in terms of what they're doing there, but I don't know if there's much to clean up other than like getting Jerry Tillery to come to work and do his job. Um, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot more you could do other than that. Perhaps don't inactivate Braden Fajoko um, if you want to treat this as though it's a meritocracy. Uh, and, you know, he's obviously the more deserving player at this point, even though, yeah, you need two pass rushers. Um, the production you've seen from Jerry Tillery just isn't war- warranting seeing the field right now. Um, and Braden Fajoko is someone who's constantly deserved that, you know, shown that he's deserved to be on the field. Uh, so I'd like to see that situation kind of get cleared up. I'd also kind of like to see if, you know Morgan Fox if it continues this way is really in that you know starter role you know going forward we kind of talked about that all preseason um we never really got a definitive answer on it until today so I'd like to see how that you know those reps kind of continue going forward uh, aside from that um I just would like to see Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson a little bit more involved in the pass rush but um I think that's something that obviously both of them played well today uh, and you just would like to see that a little bit more going forward. Alrighty, I would say find Mike Williams because ten yards was cute when you mm-hmm. were a rookie. It's not when you are making twenty million dollars annually. I don't know if that's his fault or not. I really don't. But you can't have your first target be a drop that you don't get another target until way late for all of you know six yards or whatever it was. Then you can't win on a slant versus Nate Hobbs to set up you know any kind of first down, you know, they're trying to put the ball in Herbert's hands, get it to the $20 million receiver. It can't win a slant there. Um, a little bit more would be great next week. More than 10 yards if you're making $20 million would be solid. Again, don't know if it's his fault, but you got to find a way to get him more involved. I mean, Mike loves playing in Arrowhead, man. So we'll see. I guess uh, maybe you bounce <laughs> back in a big way. <laughs> Fair enough. Arden, your thoughts here, man. Yeah, no, I was totally kind of took mine. I, I did want to say, I think it, I think I do want to see a bounce back from the receiver room, especially the top mm-hmm. targets, which is Palmer and Williams. Like, I mean, I'm all for Herbert spreading the ball around, but I think like, I don't know. So I don't think that'll work against some of the top teams and the chiefs are one of those teams. And thinking about the way Steve Spagnuolo plays defense, um, you know, he's likes to blitz a lot. He likes to show a lot of exotic pressures or not exotic, exotic looks that turn into pressures, a lot of stunts. So you need to have guys that can get open quickly. And if her, if Keenan's not going to be there, I mean, Mike's never been the greatest separator. Palmer's been hyped up as, you know, this guy now. And like, he's going to have to step up. Guyton is not that guy. And, and Carter, <laughs> I, I'd like to think he's that guy, but you know, one game, it's, it's hard to like overreact after one game. So I think separation is really important because we don't Herbert making all these plays off script eventually will, you know, it won't be as favorable for him. And so getting open quickly, being able to um, find guys on those like shotgun RPOs that they were killing the Raiders on early. I think that'll be super important. And if you can get Keenan back, great, because, you know, he's going to cook whoever the Chiefs put on him. And I'm pretty sure Trent McDuffie already got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. So, wow, um, did not know that. Yeah, so but Legere Seen and Rashad Benson are still two pretty good corners. So it's still gonna be a battle and the receiver room I think will help to dictate how how well the Chargers play next week or this Thursday. Yeah, I think it goes covered a lot of the offensive things that I think you need to see improved. But um Dustin Hopkins, man, I uh I'm not there yet, but uh two bad misses in the last three times we've seen him play. So 
Um, I'm very uh, hopeful that we're not seeing Washington version of Dustin and hopefully he can uh, figure his uh, stuff out a little bit. Again, you know, we can talk about other offensive issues. I feel like we've talked about that, but um, that missed field goal was very important. Uh, was a very important point yes, in the game. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully he's able to uh, figure it out. Um, I will do uh, game balls here and then we'll uh, wrap it up. Arjun, your uh, biggest game ball of the day goes to who? Um, I, I just I want to say Justin Herbert. I think without him, the Chargers or without him playing the way he did, I don't think the Chargers win this game. Um, I think because the run game was so stagnant, we needed that type of alien performance from Herbert where mm-hmm. he's, he's averaging about like zero point. What is it? Three. Five, three, five EPA per play, which would, I think he's going to be second behind Mahomes this week. And mm-hmm. I mean, he has right now three big time throws, zero turnover worthy plays, literally made no mistakes in my opinion, um, and still got screwed over by Trey McKitty and Mike Williams dropping the ball on him. <laughs> so, you know, just, just another performance from an elite quarterback who is only going to get better. And again, we, we have to be pushing narratives out here. So you know, Justin Herbert is that guy. And I think today proved that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex, we'll get to yours and then Tyler's after that. Look, Justin Herbert's cool, (laughs) but the MVP today was DeAndre Carter coming in for Keenan Allen and doing everything he did uh, on that drive. You know, I said he was the breakout candidate of the season potentially for the Chargers. And I think he showed why the coaching staff uh, believed in him today, uh, the way that he came in and, I, I don't know if it's overreacting to, you know, one game uh, as, you know, potential as a route runner going forward and what he can be for this team, because he did all these things in Washington last year uh, when Curtis Samuel went down uh, and didn't come back. And, you know, he came into games, was one of the best, most efficient red zone, uh, you know, scorers in the NFL at what he did, even on a limited sample size. And, you know, had always had that target premium with good quarterbacks or bad quarterbacks in Washington. And now he finally has Justin Herbert. Um, I think that the Chargers should really utilize him in the offense going forward, especially if you're not going to have Keenan Allen potentially on Thursday night. Uh, and it's going to be a struggle for me to not stream him in fantasy. I, I, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I'm going to have to hold myself back from getting fully on the DeAndre Carter hype train. But uh, in all seriousness, it was a really good effort on a day where Mike Williams didn't have the best game. Keenan gets hurt. Uh, and, you know, Jalen Guyton didn't really show up much. Uh, I think that it was really needed for him to get that spark at the team when he did. Yeah. Uh, if uh, Steven might give this other person one salt, never I'll forget it, but I'll give it to Asante Samuel Jr. Okay. Delphi could give it to Khalil Mack. I think that's very obvious, but Asante Samuel Jr., there was at least two spots on this team where we're going, like, this is it. This is make or break for this team this week. One of them being, the other would be right tackle, obviously. And while it wasn't pretty, three receptions on five targets for, I think, Arjun had it at 57 yards. Uh, one touchdown allowed for sure, and that was a great grab by Adams. Uh, but also one interception, one pass broken up, and just a fantastic mentality the whole way through. He didn't lose. Like, yeah, sure, he lost. Get back up. Interception. And then he'd lose. Get a pass broken up. Like, he was consistently there mentally, and that's huge. He did make plays. Got the game ball from Staley. Gets the game ball from me, which is just as important. <laughs> just as important is, is our approval of uh, asante as well as brandon staley's um absolutely so um yeah i think you know there's some love here for trey pipkins in the chat i i always like to reserve game balls for 
offensive lineman if I see more all 22 stuff. So I, I think you have to give one to Khalil Mack today, um, being able to show up the way that he did. And like I said earlier, um, just make the Raiders pay for their game plans. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how teams combat this going forward because you you can't just leave Khalil Mack on an island and, and thinking otherwise is going to get you a result like today. So um, I thought he was fantastic. And, and Brandon Staley said after the fact, you know, he's like he's one of the best leaders on this defense. And I think you kind of see his uh, mentality, you know, pay dividends here. Um, so Khalil definitely deserves one. Uh, I would have been curious if somebody else had taken Khalil, I was going to give a shout out to Bryce Callahan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought somebody deserves, uh, he's somebody that deserves a shout out for sure. Yeah. Him. I think in mild spurts, Xander Horvath, I think Gerald yeah. Everett did. I think the special teams, JK Scott did really complimentary football, except for the run game, but, <laughs> um, for the most part, complimentary. Like you said, like, I think I think you feel better about where this team is at after you get past players like one through ten. You know, mm-hmm. last year it was a lot of like Herbert and Keenan and Mike Williams and Derwin James and Joey Bosa. There was not there weren't those guys to be like secondary playmakers that would show up consistently. Um, and if Jer- Gerald Everett can be that guy, you know, fantastic. <laughs> if DeAndre Carter can be that guy, uh, you know, great as well. Um, but this was a good showing from all of the roster adjustments for sure. Um, like I said, you know, I can give a a hat tip to, uh, Tom Telesco and Brandon study for, you know, assembling this group together. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for, uh, joining us in the chat today. We got up to, I think as high as 600. So, uh, kicking the season off the right way. Appreciate all the super chats as well. If you are listening to the audio version of this, please leave a rating or a review. Uh, We greatly appreciate that as well. We'll be live back on Tuesday for some uh, thoughts from some of our film study, as well as preparing for the Chiefs game on Thursday. So quick turnaround, Amazon Prime. Definitely would encourage everybody to check those accounts and make sure you're not uh, missing that game. So Tyler, Arjun, and Alex, appreciate the time. Everybody appreciate the chat. We'll talk to you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.